see leaders everywhere doing their part for our communities and our planet. They see the problem clearly, they ideate constantly and fail plenty. They listen deeply, stay on a little longer and care greatly. We are in conversation with one such leader, Ms. Lynette Tan. Lynette is Chief Executive and Board Member of the Singapore Space and Technology Limited. Lynette identifies new opportunities and develops effective ways to harness and advance space technologies to benefit people, enterprises and the planet. She runs the Space Accelerator program based in Singapore, which manages startups valued at 700 million Singapore dollars and is also managing partner to Project Cyclotron. Lynette has been recognized amongst various global female leaders in Fortune's 2021 Ladies Who Launch and the Lancome Visionary Award for her outstanding contributions to science and technology industry. She's also active in encouraging STEM interest amongst youth and women. She is also advisor to Myelin S, which was listed as the top 10 innovation startups worldwide for NASA iTech. Let's hear more from her. season of Candid Leadership by Women in Mining and Resources Singapore. I am Kapila Ahuja and we're in conversation with Lynette Tan to bring you tactical top tips on leading on sustainability views from space. Stay tuned for a very interesting section at the end of this episode. Lynette, welcome. Hi, hi. Thanks for having me here. with such a delight to have you here as i said i'm fan girling all over the place right now but i'm going to try and maintain my composure <laughs> um so we'll just jump right in lynette um what does leadership mean to you you know at the at the core of leadership is really about you know moving people moving people's hearts to contribute and work collaboratively work collectively towards a common ambition Uh, and it's very interesting uh, what might be common ambition means uh, different things to different people at the same time um but all working towards a common outcome a common goal uh, and usually a very difficult process um so to me that's leadership it's really about mobilizing people's hearts um being able to harness their skills capabilities and then you know we're all moving towards working to something that means that is important to all of us. That is so beautifully put. Uh love that you said uh mobilizing the hearts because you know people don't just follow leaders for nothing. Um so in that in that scenario would you tell us what are you aware of your leadership style and and how would you define it? Well, it's definitely work in progress. <laughs> um I think I'm far from being my best self. and being the leader i hope to be uh but i i am consciously working on it um so one of the thing is in the space tech sector in the technology sector uh you do meet so many amazing people right you know you were talking about fan girling and every moment i'm talking to someone so brilliant you know even you know when i was like looking up your profile i'm just so impressed right in this world that you're in um and it happens so much in my work um so definitely i look at them and i will like wow you know i wish i could be like that or wow you know how do I, how does he or she learn to do something like that um so i think that's always a learning process for me and even with the very young colleagues you know we have interns we have you know fresh graduates uh, 
with people not from the industry and joining the technology sector, working with us. And there's always so much to learn um, from all these new talent. Um, so I think it's definitely work in progress. Uh, I am conscious that I'm far off from my best self and you know I'm still discovering and learning. Um, and really grateful that there are so many supportive people uh, in my organization, uh, my business associates, you know, my family who are very supportive of helping me point out certain leadership gaps, um, certain style, and you know, reflecting it back to me so that I can be more conscious and aware. So, um, you know, still figuring out and learning. <laughs> the the humility. I can sense it, obviously, but looking at the trailblazer that you are in space tech and uh, doing so much in the private space area, how do you balance the humility and the fact that you are one of the, literally one of the handful of people uh, or women, I should say, that are doing something um, so next uh, generation? Well, well, you know, for for saying that, I really appreciate it. and maybe that's something I, I should do more often, which is to pause and look at the work uh, I'm doing and what I'm doing. Um, but it's it's also because it's a very interesting sector I'm in. Uh, again, you know, the the kind of people I meet, they're just also amazing. Um, so I don't, I think sometimes I keep going, okay, you know, how am I, how am I getting, going to get there, right? Um, where am I, how am I going to do this? And then, you know, you're right, like these awards come and they recognize my efforts and I pause and I go, oh, wow, you know, I look back and I go, oh, I've done so much already, you know, but, but I'm always focusing on the next step, right? What I'm doing now, or what, what I'm going to do next, uh, you know what, because I have so many, uh, you know, peers that are so accomplished and so successful. So I don't really stop. And I, I think maybe that's what we should all do more often um, for, for confidence, you know, just to take stock of where we are in life and then to look back. And that's why to, and to look back and see, learn from the journey that was in the past and then see how we could help others get there, you know, in a more enjoyable way, in a more meaningful way. Uh, so podcasts like what you're doing, you know, I've, I'm, very glad you reached out to me and I'm really happy to be doing this. I think it's very meaningful, you know, the work that you're doing and it allows me to pause, stop and look at what's around me and who I can connect with so that we can move forward together. Absolutely. And just jumping into the topic here, perhaps um, we were talking about sustainability and how we view it from space and both on, on our planet as well as in space, I suppose, um, as, as a, We've seen the end of COP26 recently. Um, obviously, uh, there were some um, points that came out that were very favorable, but there are others that weren't so much. So what is your COP26 state of mind? Um, you know, I, I think it's a good um, move in the right direction. Um, it is a bit too late. You know, I'm going to be very brutally honest. Uh, it's, it's too late, right? Um, but again, I've seen how technologies have developed, how humanity has developed, you know, we don't follow a linear path. So I'm hoping that we could make exponential breakthroughs in the coming years to really change the trajectory, to really reverse, uh, start to work to reverse, you know, the damage that's being done um, and looking forward to disruptive technologies to disruptive mindsets, you know, to disruptive culture, cultural um, 
to change the way we live, to change how we are doing things. Um, so that's my state of mind. I, I feel very urgent. Uh, I, I feel it's a very pressing matter. I think we, we should not take it lightly. Um, and I think maybe that's why, you know, it, it, the talk about mobilizing the heart, right? You know, it's to a point where now I think we all feel so strongly about it. Uh, and that's why so much more action is currently being taken. It's not as if the facts weren't there 40 years ago. I think now there's a YouTube video going around, you know, saying how this has actually people have been talking about this for, for so many, so many years, 40 years, 50 years, you know, and only right now you see a cutting across so many uh, levels of society, so many organizations, governments, public sectors, startups, NGOs, individuals, communities, society, groups coming together more than ever. It's because now we're literally feeling the heat and it's starting to, you know, we're starting to wake up and tell ourselves, hey, you know, this is really dangerous. And the, the heart and that instinct is now mobilized. So the facts have always been there, right? But it never touched people the way uh, it has today, which is unfortunate. Um, so how, how I'm feeling now is, you know, I think we should use this threat, um, harness it properly, uh, not in fear mongering, but really in then telling ourselves we've got to double up, we've got to triple up, and we have to find new innovative ways. We have to change cultural mindsets. We have to change practices. Uh, so that we can really make an exponential difference in the coming years. I couldn't agree more. I think I think more can be done and and much more urgently. There is definitely that need to do much more very, very quickly. And um, to leaders such as yourself who are able to sort of mobilize hearts and harness people's capabilities and moving in the right direction, I think that's going to be very key because people need direction. And uh, if, if initiatives such as uh, yours or, or other initiatives are able to do that, then it just becomes easier. Um, so when, when you do look at um, the work that you're doing in space technology, how does that help sustainability on, on planet Earth? Um, so space exploration, even though it's going out, has a lot of spin-off benefits uh, to the planet and to mankind. Um, so space and sustainability are very much intertwined. For example, uh, a lot of the current data relating to climate change uh, are remote sensing data. They are also satellite derived uh, data. So satellites are used to monitor the pollution, you know, the air quality, um, you know, temperature across various uh, places. Uh, it's used to monitor weather. So that is a use of satellite to obtain information uh, across our planet. Uh, but Space technology is always premised on efficiency and circular e economy. So what goes up stays up, right? And there's no, there's no other planet Earth out there. So in a lot of space missions, um, there's a lot of efficiency, you know, reusability embedded in the core technology and in the principles of invention. And that's why you see so many space tech spin-offs. Um, Solar panels, right, that we use to harness solar energy is a NASA spin-off, it's a space technology spin-off. Uh, the canned food we use, you know, or preservatives for food, um, many of them are also space technology spin-off. Uh, indoor farming using, you know, the indoor lighting, 
that was a space technology spin-off from 20 years ago to figure out how to feed the astronauts if it, they were to go into another universe or somewhere in space. So at the core of many space technology um, application and discovery is how to be more efficient with the use of energy and how to minimize waste. And therefore, there is a lot of correlation uh, in the technologies for space technology into you know, sustainability tools. Uh, so they always now the term is uh, what zero G to zero C, you know, how do we move space uh, and really look into applications, technology inventions to apply them onto planet Earth, apply them onto humanity, apply them into the things we use in our daily lives to make it more sustainable. So there, there is a lot of uh, correlation. And, and also the part is um, space has always been very inspirational to mankind. You know, a young kid or someone in the 80s, it, it, there is always a story to tell with space. And I think it's lovely how from space, we can see how fragile you know, the Earth is. And I think that's something a lot of astronauts, when they go into space, they talk about you know, how small planet Earth is, right? And how beautiful it is. So from an inspirational standpoint, there's a very important story and narrative around space and sustainability in our planet. That is almost poetic, yes. And I, and I could not agree more about the fragility of the planet. And, and while we've been uh, using up the resources of this planet, and uh, it just makes so much sense that we're at this point where we cannot ignore it anymore. And to take lessons from space or, or astronauts that have gone into space previously, I think is a great correlation. But I wanna unpack this doing less with more. Um, and uh, where do you see examples, other examples of how we could do this on, on our planet? Are there any um, innovations or trends that are really something that we can all, as, as, an, as an audience, educate ourselves and perhaps lean more towards when we make more conscious choices? Yeah, you, you know, doing less with more, um, it's almost coming back full circle to my childhood. So when I, when I was very young and a little child, my, my parents would give me like a Tiffin can and say, hey, you know, just go down to road. Can you get some soup from the coffee shop, right? And then we, we do that. Or when we buy stuff, um, the shopkeeper puts everything into one bag. And a lot of times my parents, you know, we bring our own bag. Somehow over the years, things have to be pretty. It has to be, you, you know, nicely packaged. Um, it has to be so customized to, you know, individualize. It became bespoke. And it appealed to the, our aesthetic sense, but that created a lot of, you know, carbon footprint and wastage along the way. Um, so do, doing less with more, I was just chatting with someone, you know, my age and, you know, older. It's like, it's almost going back to childhood, you know, like, uh, you know, just doing, living, learning to live with very simple things, um, learning to grow your own food, uh, learning to, you know, automate less and be your own farmer, you know, getting your own hands dirty, fixing something instead of going online and, you know, buying things or finding creative ways of the tables broken to make it work. It was a lot of our childhood, right? So I'm quite excited about this doing less with more. It's like my second childhood coming back. Um, and I really want people to appreciate those little simple things we do are you know, brings back so much fond memories, will create beautiful memories for all of us, and we'll look after our planet. 
so focusing on what is of value, you know, the emotional journey, uh, the experience of living with your community in a responsible way and not, you know, going after fanciful packaging or going after simp uh, things to make it more, um, I don't know, convenient, right? You know, so maybe certain trade-offs uh, would have to be made in every step of our way. So these days, again, I bring, I have my kid and I just brought him to eat chicken rice, right? We brought our own packets and brought, brought our own bags. And I said, and he's like, oh, no, mom, they, they will have a bag for us. I like, no, 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 let's just use our own. It's really nice to bring him back to the my childhood practices. Uh, and I really like it too. <laughs> wow. I could also almost picture it when you said, you know, you go and take your own containers to get the food. And that's that's exactly what it is. And I have to say that I have experienced the joy of repairing things in my own home. The joy that comes after is hard to put it in words. Be spoken, customized. Right, yeah. you would have put yeah. your own patch on it. You would put something else in your house and then put it together to fix it. Exactly. Yeah. And using it just doubles that joy. It It is hard to explain how much joy that is. Yeah. Given that we're talking about joy, how the, the narrative that we have of the, the climate change and whenever the topics, whatever we talk, we start discussing and we see the news or read about it, there is a lot of dread surrounding the topic. So how can we make the, the narrative of the story a little more joyous rather than making it um, dreadful? Well, I'm not sure, you know, maybe fear is also a useful motivator. And uh, it, it would be nice to make it more joyful, but um, I do feel strongly the threat is very real. Uh, and I'm not, I don't know how to sugarcoat it to my kids either. You know, I, I'm like telling them, you know, when you're an adult, you've grown up, you're going to do this. It's going to be a lot hotter and warmer. You're going to, you know, be more sick because you're not going to have certain kind of food because it won't be able to grow. You won't be able to have it, right? You're going to eat a lot of chili because chili tries in hot climate. Um, so I'm, you know, I don't know how to make it joyful because uh, I feel strongly about the threat. Uh, but I guess that is also the part of the human grit, right? And the resilience we hope would come through. And so maybe instead of being joyful, um, how about the human character and the spirit of survival and to be able to you know, change things because we are gifted with knowledge and intelligence and we know how to work with communities, we know how to work with people uh, and we are all bonded to, towards a common goal in keeping our home, our planet safe. So maybe I would focus a lot more on that human perseverance, grit, you know, resilience, um, then about joy. <laughs> I hate to say this, it's really nothing joyful for now. <laughs> uh, I think we, we need to be very cognizant. We need to feel the threat. And it is real. It's it's not a boogeyman. It's it's real. I hear you. And and what you what you say and the way you say it, it, it makes complete sense. Uh, it it is urgent and it needs our attention and each of our choices uh every choice, not just some choices in the day, should be driven by that logic and that understanding um, that we're in imminent danger and we need to do something about it. Now on to something a little bit um, lighter. We obviously have seen you're involved with the ladies who launch and, and that is literally launching satellites into space. 
Um, and uh, just on that, do you ever see yourselves going into space? No, actually, I didn't. Um, I didn't see myself going into space, but I, I also never told myself I couldn't. Right. And it was a natural journey uh, when uh, many people do ask, you know, there's no space industry in Singapore. How did you get yourself to where you are today? Um, so when I was young, my, my father would really love to tell me stories about seemingly crazy people who would invent great things. It's like, you know, nobody believed in them in it and they would do it and they would keep going and they would ask themselves, why not? Um, so. You know, I, I think you grew up with that kind of mantra, right? Just, if you believe in something, just do it, you know, why not? And keep doing, don't look at the challenges, don't look at what you should or should not do. Just do what you feel very strongly for and believe in yourself. Um, so I, I think I never looked at how odd it was to be in the space industry. Uh, it naturally, you know, led me because I, I wanted a career that was interesting. I wanted a career that, uh, you know, could take me to meet so many amazing people. I wanted a career that was at the frontier of technology. And so naturally I landed here um, in space. And again, you know, the, the kind of mobilizing the hearts, right? Because I feel strongly about the sustainability issues and how there's a very strong correlation in space technologies and the space industry and its ability to influence uh, the changes in our sustainability efforts. So I, I think I'm in the, in the place where I, I belong. And it's only because I was always thinking, um, you know, why not, you know, and just really look at challenges and difficulties as a process that everyone has to go through in their life. Right. So I, I also think that kind of mindset uh, is very, very helpful. And I really have to thank my father for it because he never focused on difficult things. It was always, you know, why not just just do it, just learn. And if you don't get there, you will still get somewhere. Right. But if you stay still, you will just always you will know where you are tomorrow because it will be the same place. That is true. And uh, there is, um, you know, when when words are said, they leave an impression on us. And, and what yeah. word kind of triggers actions as miraculous as these is, is hard to predict. It's amazing to see what you've achieved. So what are you looking forward to most in, in the coming years? Well, you know, we have a few interesting programs aligned up. We've moved into a lot into uh, sustainability. We've moved, you know, I, I know people say this is a buzzword and this is, oh yeah, you know, the the, the buzzword these days. It, you know, regardless, even if there was no COP26, even if there were never Paris Agreement, um, you know, and thankfully there are because we do need all these big platforms to, for people to come together to address very important and very global issues. Um, you know, I think I will still be doing uh, what I'm doing today relating to sustainability uh, and relating to space tech, which is, you know, I feel strongly that it is at the frontier of technology development. Um, and I, I think how we've lived, right? We don't need a COP26 or Paris Agreement or anything to tell us um, it's not going in the right direction. So, you know, I, I'm we're looking forward to more uh, work on sustainability uh, in education, uh, in educating and empower, exciting the youth with space stories, uh, educating them with knowledge about sustainability and space technology, and then empowering them with the confidence that they can change the world that they will live in and the world for their future generations. So that would be a lot of the work we will be doing next year. Um, you know, excited, but also very nervous. Uh, <laughs> about how, you know, the impact we will create um, 
and you know hoping that with we have a lot more partners who could do this with us i have no doubt about that lynette i cannot thank you enough for your time today and for this wonderful conversation um we're quickly going to move into a very small rapid fire if you don't mind if you play with sure. us because it is very important <laughs> um so are you ready lynette sure <laughs> path well trodden or the path less taken oh the path less taken <laughs> sorry yeah i knew that um diversity or inclusion inclusion yeah vegan or vegetarian vegan <laughs> optimist or realist realist carbon footprint neutralist <laughs> or minimalist minimalist yeah corporate vision of saving the planet inclusion or sustainability sustainable leadership style intuitive or creative hmm hmm i'm a bit stuck here intuitive then okay fulfilled or seeking challenges fulfilled which was better 2020 or 2021 They were all good. They were all good. I got to spend so much time with my kids and my family because we're all not traveling. I don't think I've seen them so much in my entire life. I've always been traveling, <laughs> you know, since young for studies for work. Sorry, that was not one word, but yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Leading with compassion or leading with authenticity? Leading with compassion. Well, well done Lynette. These were brilliant answers and as I said it was a treat to listen to you and your thoughts. Um and I think we could all do with with some um of the wisdom that you presented in your answers. So thank you again for your time. Um thank you all for listening to this episode of Candid Leadership. This is Kapila Ahuja. We would love to hear any feedback or comments on this episode as well as topics you would like to hear more about. reach out to us on linkedin or email info@ymrsg.com <laughs>